Al, we are back in the saddle again. Yep. Just like the Aerosmith song, except I can't get that high-pitched. Also, Aerosmith is terrible. I mean, you're not wrong. Terrible. I can't see I can't get that high-pitched. <laughs> <laughs> my voice does not do that. Oh, man. It reminds me of my brother and myself uh, going to the Aerosmith ride at Disney and just like, mimicking uh is there an aerosmith ride at disney there's an aerosmith roller coaster and the roller coaster itself is fantastic but it's all aerosmith themed so that what? part sucks but like you know that weird thing they does that that thing he does yes. like keller and i were just doing that the whole time during the roller coaster i play guitar hero aerosmith so i probably know that yeah terrible absolutely terrible the ride's the only, great though the only reason i know back in the saddle is because there was an old mma fighter who used to come out to that song Ugh. which is kind of appropriate because it was like during like his comeback still it's aerosmith and mm -hmm. like just associating yourself with that's a terrible idea i think that it eventually led itself to being put in one of the ufc games <laughs> 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 which is also very funny it was in the either the ufc game or the the mma game ea did before they got the ufc license either way oh my god regardless hello welcome to this week's episode of the season anime checkup ova it's a podcast where we have conversations about video games anime and manga i'm jared joined as always by doc allen ladium Hello. This is episode 193. We're not going to be talking about mixed martial arts today. No. Because, man, that's a... Mm, mm. But we're going to talk about some video games. Yes, we are. Al's got some Atome to talk about. I do. I've got some old games to talk about that I recently played. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will dive into those... right about now no you get to go first though i do i get to go first i'm the lucky i pulled the the, the short straw <laughs> just kidding there was no straws here no that would be a very long straw honestly like to go from alabama <laughs> to indiana <laughs> it's, yeah yep be very interesting to see that uh so this was over it's happened over a few weeks ago, maybe like almost a month ago by this point, but I recently played through Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3. I skipped 1 just because, like, I like 1. 1's a very different game from 2 and 3, but, like, I just didn't want to play the more slow pace of 1 compared to 2 and 3. So I And I hadn't played 2 and 3 in a long time compared to 1. I'd played 1 more recently, so I wanted to see those two games in particular, so I played those two games in particular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so yeah, um, I think the last time I played both of them would have been like maybe 2012, 2011, 2012, Oof. or maybe sometime after that as well. I may have done a secondary playthrough of it, but like, yeah, it's been a long time since I played either of those games. Um, but yeah, uh, Mass Effect 2, unsurprisingly is still a fantastic video game. Um, uh, it's, it's a great middle chapter to that story, um. It has, like, just one of the best openings to a game from that time period where it's just like, hey, remember how you did all this stuff in Mass Effect 1? Well, guess what? You're f dead. <laughs> <laughs> We're oh going to kill you right off the bat. <laughs> Blow up your ship. And you're just like, what is going on? It's great. Like, that opening is, is still top-notch. Um, 
You know, I and, played that and I don't remember that at all. Really? Yeah, I played Mass. I played Mass Effect One and Two, and I do not remember anything about them at all. Yeah, the opening of Mass Effect Two is literally the enemies of Mass Effect Two coming and blowing your ship up and killing you. Nice. Um, and then Martin Sheen shows up and is like, "Hey, I paid to rebuild you." <laughs> we, you are the million dollar man. Technically, yeah. Martin Sheen's in this game. It's real weird, but Isn't like, like he, Seth Green in it too. Seth Green's in this game, and he he's like one of the best characters in this entire series. Right, he's a Joker, right? Yeah, he's the he's the pilot of your ship. Like, yeah, he's he's like one that I actually remember. He does a great job throughout all those games. Mm-hmm. Like, it, he's real good. Keith David's in these games. Keith David's always great, though. Yeah, because Keith David, <laughs> and he just gets to talk like Keith David at you, and you're just like, man, Keith David. That's what makes Saints Row 4 so good is because they brought Keith David in. And just let him be Keith David. Let him be Keith David. And Saints Row 4 is a Mass Effect parody game. Yep. <laughs> all of the, it's all the better. Um, so yeah, like Mass Effect 2 essentially is you having the you getting killed and then two years later you're basically back in the fold and everyone's like, yo, what the heck? You're you died. What are you doing? <laughs> How are you alive again? Um, you're still trying to chase down the Reaper threat, because that's still a thing. Um, and you basically have to fight this new enemy called the Collectors who basically take people <clears throat> and then just take them to their home base to turn them into more of their kind, essentially. Uh, and they're they're like, they're like rounding up like human colonies and all this sort of stuff, so that's why you're kind of called in to do this, except now you're working for the technical bad guys. Rut-row. Because you work for Cerberus, which is who Martin Sheen heads as the elusive man. <laughs> oh, I remember that name. Yep. Oh, what a... What a ugh. It's real good. Character names, man. They're hard. But yeah, like, um, there's a lot of good story in this game where, like, you have to go around and kind of, like, round up your old crew and your new crew and, like, just see everyone's reactions. You're like, I thought you were dead. We, like, kind of moved on without you. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> All this stuff. Like, there's just, like, there's such a good cast in this game because, like, it's such a big and diverse cast of just characters that you get to roam around with and shoot stuff and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I think as well, like, just the overall story just does a fantastic job of being, you know, an, another kind of space opera style story that Mass Effect 1 kind of builds upon, or like, sets the groundwork for, and then this just builds upon that. And it's a fantastic game. Like, you can read, anybody will tell you that this is a fantastic game. And, like, ten years later, it's still a fantastic game. Like, that Mass Effect... um remastered that ea's been like rumored to be working on um like this would be the game to buy just for that um and also like it'd probably look a lot better like these games did look a little old i mean they were 360 games um and i've seen some like pc footage of like people who have like modded it to make it like look like 10 like get the assets up to like 1080 and like 4k ish stuff like that so like it makes it look a little bit better but like i'm sure a remaster would make those games definitely look better and not and like look a little less old but yeah mass effect 2 great great game great game and then by the end of it you're like man it's real weird that they had the the bad guys try and make a human reaper that looks like the terminator that's real weird um anyways can't wait for mass effect 3 oh boy mass effect 3 mass effect 3 was the one i was most curious about playing again because I remember when I first played it, I didn't. I was like, "Man, this is a great game," and then I looked online. I was like, "Man, people are real mad about this game. That's weird." Let me read you a tweet. Okay. From one 
Jared on this very podcast from March 11th, 2012. Just finished Mass Effect 3. Wow. Just a truly amazing experience. (laughs) Was it truly an amazing experience? Let me read you a tweet from Jared from this very podcast from August 8th, 2020 after beating Mass Effect 3 again. 2012 Jared out was out here wild. <laughs> I, I think I like that one. <laughs> you know, a lot of people talked about Mass Effect Andromeda and how, like, man, EA's really gotten off the rails. Bioware's really kind of lost their touch with the Mass Effect series. And I got we talked about that game before, mm-hmm. um, and the, the various problems that it does have. Mass Effect Three was the beginnings of the problems with the Mass Effect series. Whoops. And I think it's part and partial because of the way of like they pigeonhole themselves into a story that is like, it's very hard to like write mm-hmm. where like Mass Effect three is all about the Reapers finally coming to earth. And basically this is the doomsday scenario. This is the apocalypse happening right in front of your eyes. And how do you write a story in that context where it doesn't feel like you're just going to end up losing at the very end? Yeah. How do you write a story that makes it feel like you have like some shred of hope when like, you are going up against like these super duper Deus Ex Machinas that are just going to just rip and tear through everything, and that's what they've done throughout all of like all of civilization throughout the entire history of the galaxy. So I think part of the part of the reason why like this game kind of just falls flat on its face is just because like they're just stuck in a hole of like having to write a story about that. Yeah, and like that's just that's just not easy. Um. But there's also, I think, other problems with this game where, like, I think technically it's kind of a mess. Like, there's there's definitely parts where, like, the frame rate got real funky. There's, like, cutscenes where, like, characters are just freaking out for no reason. <laughs> like, the, the, it was like, here's the camera supposed to be on this character, but the camera, the character is not in the shot. <laughs> or they'll, like, they'll just, like, like spazzing out in a cutscene and whatever. It's real weird. Um, <laughs> They cut down, you know, like, your crew of characters that you get to do missions with like significantly from Mass Effect 2 to Mass Effect 3. So like Mass Effect 2 probably has like maybe 15 characters you can choose from to go on missions with. Mass Effect 3 is 6. Really? Yeah. Who are the 6? Are they ones that you've had before? Yeah, so you have Liara. She's bad cuz she wasn't playable in 2. Um Tally um The dude Freddie Prince Jr. plays. <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. is in this game. He's in this game, yeah. Oh uh, he's God. a new character. Uh, he he's in there. Um, Garrus. Okay. Because of course you got to have Garrus. Mm-hmm. Who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Uh, Edie, the ship AI from Two, who now has a human as a robot body. I mean, so do you technically? That's true. Also, she falls in love with Joker, and they 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 go out they go out with each other. Cool. Yeah. Good for them. And then the DLC character of Javik, who is a Prothean, who was like the the ancient race that was like the the people who like gave you the warnings about the Reapers coming. Uh-huh. So he he he's a playable character in this game, but again, he is downloadable content. Mm. And literally one of the most interesting characters in the entire game cuz you get to take him everywhere and he's like what happened to society in like the 50 billion years that I've been asleep or 50,000 years or however long it's been. Like he has like all like the most fascinating lines, like the most like fascinating storytellings with him. 
and he was DLC. Are you surprised? No. It's so shady. <laughs> it's very shady. So like, yeah, it's a very truncated crew. Um, you do get to go see like a lot of the people from two and one again, but they won't like come and hang out or like go do missions with you for the most part. Like, um, man, we're too old for this. Yeah, basically. It's always like, oh, I'm doing something else now. I got to I got to deal with my portion of the galaxy getting hit by the Reapers while you got to do your thing. Uh, but eventually you gather mostly your crew back and they will come help you. Because a lot of this game is basically just like you gathering up the rest of the galaxy to come help you fight the Reapers that are on Earth. Because the human race is very important. <laughs> it's real sketchy. Um, but yeah, like that's that's the gist of the game essentially, and then eventually you do lead yourself to the the fight on Earth. Um, there's some interesting DLC campaigns as well in this. Like one of them is like you going and talking to like this uh, Reaper-looking creature who is like supposed to be like the person or like a part of the the race that made the Reapers. And, like, that seems like a very plot-critical and very lore-heavy thing that you probably shouldn't put in DLC. Yeah. Um, and then, like, there's, like, the super fan service thing where, like, right before you go to Earth, like, you get to go to the Citadel and, like, literally have a party with all of your friends. Which, like, that part's actually fun because it's just, like, it's literally the series basically giving you, like, one last hurrah, one last little fun thing to have where you just get to see everyone hang out with everyone and talk do all that sort of stuff like that part's fun it's it's incredibly fan servicey but like the, the the thing that leads up to that part is you fighting a clone of yourself because sure are you ready to face your demons uh, yeah <laughs> it's real dumb um and then basically you know you get to the, you get to earth and you have to fight alongside the war against the Reapers and everything, and then the end of the game happens, which is the controversial aspect of this video game that they had to patch in to change yeah. after the release. That's all I remember about 3. Yep. Uh, they had to basically re they had to retool basically what the choices were essentially like re-explain them to you because they were so poorly explained in the first portion of this of the of the ending and then they basically made like an extended version of cutscenes for the endings to try and like please people once it was out. It was a mess like but also like the the choices they give you are real bad. Like you get up to you. You fight your way back into the Citadel. You you face the elusive man who's indoctrinated, obviously. He dies. Um, Keith David's with you. He dies. And then you go up there. And then you have to... You find out the the AI running the Citadel is this little kid who you kept seeing in your dreams of, like, this weird forest of with people dead and everything and you chasing after this kid. It's terrible sequences. And then, oh, by the way, this little kid's the AI who runs the Citadel. He's behind everything. What? It's like, oh, this is real bad. <laughs> and then the choices essentially are like, the first choice is basically you just take over the Reapers and you get to do control them and do whatever you want with them. The second is like, you can just do like a galaxy-wide EMP and shut down all synthetic life. Which is, again, another bad option because literally in the playthrough, it's like, you have to, you, um, do you remember that in Mass Effect 2, there was a character, you, you get a party member that is a Geth who was like the, the robots you fought in one. Um, 
but he was the good one of those. So we got to help you and everything. And like one of like the missions in three is that like you basically barter like essentially like this peace treaty between the Geth and the the folks that the the race that Tally is, who have been like at war with each other for like decades or centuries essentially. Right. Um, and one of the choices is like in that one is just like, do you just like do you kill all the Geth or not? And I was like, no, that seems real bad. Yeah, what if I just let them be and they can all live harmony, live in harmony now? So like having one of the options is be like, hey, what if you just killed all synthetic life? Like that seems real bad again. Well, and let's then the not third commit genocide. Yeah, and then the third option is just like, hey, throw yourself into this machine, and your will will just be spread to everyone in the galaxy, and everyone in the galaxy will become like cyborgs. They'll become half half uh, flesh, half synthetic, essentially. Everyone in the galaxy. What? That is the third option. Is that considered the good option? I mean, yeah, it's the one where it's like, it's not bad. Or it's not bad, quote unquote. That's, yeah, that's those are your three options of how you end the Mass Effect series. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, so I picked that one obviously because it was the 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 least worst of the two, <laughs> and then like you see the the Normandy cra- crash land on this weird planet because they had to get away from everything kind of blowing up and shit. um, you see everyone have like these weird green like s- synthetic things on their heads now and everything to symbolize like oh they're they're not all organic anymore, <laughs> um. And then, like, the last shot is, like, the crew assembly. So, on, in Mass Effect 3, they they basically put this board up in the ship that's, like, a memorial board of, like, everyone who dies in the game. Mm-hmm. So, like, everyone who has died in your playthrough will show up on there. And then the last thing you see is them putting up plaques for you and Keith David. And that's the end of the Mass Effect trilogy. <laughs> wow. Yep. Okay. And then they went on to make Mass Effect Andromeda. Yep. Which I think, like, this is, I mean, this is not beating a drum or anything or saying anything new, but, like, there's there's a lot of stories in that universe that they could they could tell that would be real interesting. Like, the first Contact War, which is something they keep referencing in that game of, like, when humans finally, like, discovered the Mass Effect relays and went out into deeper space and finding, like, all these new alien races and everything, like how did that go what was all that stuff and everything like that would be a, an interesting game to to tell a story about and there's like just so many other weird stories you could tell in that universe in universe and then you got andromeda which really wasn't an interesting story at all and then three kind of just ends on a wet fart so <laughs> yeah I, yeah that game does not hold up well really at all oh no um and it's it's really hard to say definitively now like that Mass Effect Andromeda was was the downturn of the Mass Effect series like that. It was definitely three. Three is where the problems really started. But I think like it was a lot of like people could forgive it because like oh it's the last game of the trilogy and how it's it's hard to wrap up these kinds of games, these narrative choice games and everything. But like now looking back on it, it's just like, man, you the warning signs were there. <laughs> um, and I think one of the reasons why that game is kind of the the mess it is, is like I think I read something like one of the like the lead narrative writers on Mass Effect One and Two 
was not uh, not around for Mass Effect Three. Oh yeah, that'll do it. Which is not which is a big red flag. Yeah, if you lose a big like important person in the team of writing, like. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think there was like a lot, there was a weird there was a weird mess happening. I think with the Bioware team that was working on Mass Effect at the time. So that transition from two to three was just a mess, and it really kind of showed off in the game, particularly. So yeah. Um, yeah, that was my experience playing Mass Effect 2 and 3. Mass Effect 2 still holds up really well. Great game. Mass Effect 3, my opinion has changed in the last eight years. <laughs> Which I think also, man, 2012, Jared, was very kind of... What's the word I'm looking for? Um, forgiving? Green? Maybe green. or not for, Maybe a little bit forgiving, but also just like a little unaware of how brands will use social media. Because <laughs> ah. in that tweet, I definitely tagged the Mass Effect account, and they're like, oh, you really like the game? How, how, how did you play it? What did you do? And it's like, man, of course they're going to be finding positive tweets about that game when they were getting shit all over in that time frame. Yeah. And I was like, oh, cool, they replied to me. That's neat. <laughs> so naive might be a good Yeah, naive. Yeah. 2020 Jared would be like, man, I'm super jaded. I'm not doing. I'm not tagging a brand account. Are you kidding me? Get out of here! <laughs> I only tag brand accounts when I'm mad. <laughs> like, I need someone to reach out to me now. <laughs> oh yeah. Even then, like I've tagged, I've said a company name in a tweet without tagging them and they still replied to me and I'm like, uh, I did not call on you. Please go away. I mean, that's just the, that's just the way social media is nowadays. I don't like it. It's gross. Anyways, I went to space. You went back into the land of the Atome. I did. I, I went back to uh well it's 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 Tokyo technically but you went yeah. and, you went and played another controversial game I did <laughs> Welcome to this week where we talk about controversial games Yeah I was I was an unintended wait. theme <laughs> I was going to wait until the update happened but I got bored and I really wanted to play it, so I was just like, "F it, I'll go ahead." And, and I, I haven't heard anything about like when that update's supposed to be or anything. Which, granted, what they're so for for clarification, you were playing the uh, Color Cross Malice Fan Disc, Unlimited, yep, uh, which came out very recently. And immediately when it came out, people on Twitter were like, "This the script for this game is bad, <laughs> like it is translated poorly, it is proofread poorly." Like, what happened here? To the point where, like, someone on Twitter was, like, was spreading around, like, a spreadsheet to, like, tell people, like, hey, if you find the mistake, put it in the spreadsheet, and then eventually I'm going to send this off to, uh, I think, Access Games, the, the publisher for this game. And then they did that, and then Access, like, got back to this person and was like, thanks for letting us know about this. We're going to start working on a patch for now. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, oh, buddy. That's a mess. So yeah, you you played the non-patched version. I did. Like I said, I don't think I've seen like where they've mentioned if when that new patch is going to come out or anything. But like some of the stuff I've been seeing on Twitter and everything, like I would assume that's not going to be a very quick and easy fix. It's not as bad as it seemed. Um, and I mean, like 
you have to remember that we played through um, Code Realize Fandists, and like they had like HTML code showing up in some of their yeah. boxes. So like, it happens, and I'm not surprised by it. And for the most part, like the the worst offender of it is that every once in a while, like the box that the text would live in just didn't appear, <laughs> but like the text was still there, so you could read it fine. It's weird. But, like, that was the weirdest thing that happened. And, like, every once in a while you'll have, like, a, a word or two repeated in a sentence. And it was, like, whatever. Like, I just read through it. So, like, it, it's – there are errors. And mm. that is undeniable. There are issues with this game. Um, does it make it unplayable? No. It just seemed like it was a little bit more egregious than, say, some of the other releases have seen, like, error-wise. Yeah, I mean – should games be released like this? No. Like, they should not have this kind of issue. Um, that being said, it is a very, very text-heavy game, and they got it out. It, was, it didn't take that long, did it? I mean, the Fantasy thing came out, like, last year, a while ago. It had two guys doing the translation, so... So, yeah, it, probably underpaid as well let's say so yeah i would guarantee so like it's you know i i'm pretty sure like it, it's not entirely on those guys yeah um but like i said it doesn't make it like unplayable i i got through it fine i didn't suffer that much um there were a few times i was like oh that word repeated okay i'm just gonna pass by that mm -hmm. that's fine um, and you, you only had like one instance where you had like a parenthesis show up where like it, like at the end of a sentence where there wasn't supposed to be a parenthesis. I'm like, all right, just random parentheses there. Um, but you know, it's not excusable, um, because it is like a, probably a full price game. I don't even remember what I paid for it. Um, but I also understand, like, there were two dudes working on this translation. Yeah. And it is a very text-heavy game. Like, literally, that's all it is. Um, so I'm glad that they are doing a patch because the game really deserves a patch. Mm -hmm. And they really need to fix the whole, like, text box disappearing thing. There were a couple times, too, that, like, the text would actually go past the text box. Mm-hmm. And so you'd have to like hit up on the like re review so that you could actually see the last sentence. <laughs> um, so like I would prefer that to be fixed. Yeah. But um, anyway, I got through it. Uh, well, I got through most of it. Um, at one point, I was just like, "No, this is too much for me," and I, I quit. Um, if I could talk about that. You could. Yeah. So. Um, Call across Malice, uh, it, it, this is a fan disc of the Atome that I don't even remember what year it came out, but I have it on the Vita and it was fun. It was great. It's what, pretty high on my official ranking of Atome. It is number four. Number four. number four. I want to say that was like 2017, 20, 2017 or 2018. It was because that was a part of the summer of Atome, wasn't it? Or maybe around so. that time? Because Seven Scarlet and the Psychedelica games were a summer of Atome. Okay. So maybe this was 2017 then. Um... I was still in D.C. when I played it. 
Well, I can tell you when we've talked about it. Okay. By looking it up on my website. The website! If this search function will work. <laughs> so this was part, this was episode number 40. Wow. Part of a grab bag. Wow. And we did this episode September 16th, 2017. Okay, wow. Oh, things are about to get real bad for Al at that point. Um, oh, boy. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so, yeah, I, I really liked the original game. I thought it was a super fun game. Um, had some interesting themes, especially the whole idea of, like, the corrupt police force. Uh, and initially, I was a little iffy on, like, replaying these because I'm like, it's a really bad time to do anything, like, police-related in my brain right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't replay the original when I bought it. I do have it on Switch, but I haven't replayed it. I plan to do that at some point, but, um, like, the whole gist of, uh, Color Cross Miles generally is that, like, the cops are super corrupt. There is this, um, terrorist event going on that's been going on for almost a year. Um, Shijuku shut down, but, like, under quarantine and... Every person that's over the age of 18 is issued a firearm. Uh, like, it's all chaos. And everybody's like, you know, the cops can't figure out shit, which, you know. Shocking. Uh, yeah, and so you play um, as Hoshino, um, Ichiga Hoshino, and she is a rookie cop. Uh, and you end up getting a collar thrown on your neck and you end up meeting hot boys and dating them. <laughs> That is the gist of it. Um, so this is picking up pretty much like soon after the events of the first game. It starts off with a prologue during the events of the first game, which is interesting hmm. that um, you meet up with this guy. And I don't even remember his name. He doesn't really matter. Um, but he uh, he shows up in the, the prologue and is like, hey... I have a friend who went missing, and this is an issue. I need your help finding him. And so, depending on what you choose in terms of, like, I want to go investigate the apartment, or I want to investigate the computer, or, you know, I want to do this or that, you know, um, depends on, you know, who you're going to unlock in terms of dating the guys this time. Um, so, the guy for the prologue only comes up again once uh, in a different route, but... Um, Turns out that he is part of Adonis, the uh, terrorist group. And yeah, so he's a part of it. Then they just kind of like ignore that prologue entirely. <laughs> <laughs> and to post Color Cross Malice um, to, to date the guys. Um, I actually ended up going in a, a very odd order because... I was like, all right, in order to get through this, I'm going to start with one of my favorites. I'm going to go to my least favorite, then my next least favorite, and then the next one who I actually generally like, and then my other favorite. That way, like, I get I get one good one to start off strong, get through the negativity, and then get through some good ones at the end. I uh, figured that was the best way for me to get through it. <laughs> so um, that adds up to... Um, Let's see, I did Kei Okazaki's route first, uh, Takaru Sazuka's second, um, God, I'm going to say this name wrong, 
uh, Kagayuki Shirashi, his third. Uh, Minio Inamoto was next, and then Ig Yanagi was the last one. Um, so those are that was my order. Um, also hilariously, uh, you you get text messages from these dudes all the time, and they have stickers that are like specifically for them. And so like Kay has a sheep who like holds onto a little pillow and uh, like one of his things in the first game is that he just like carries around a face mask and falls asleep wherever he is. So like the sheep was a cute choice for him. <laughs> um, which, God, I wish I could fall asleep wherever I am. That'd be great. Um, Akiru has like a, a dog, I guess. I don't know, with a donut. Um, bork, bork. Shirashi has uh, a white cat. I still don't know what Inamoto's is. It's like a pink blob, <laughs> but it's wearing like a samurai hat and an eye patch. I don't know what the pink blob is supposed to be. And um, IG has a, a wolf with a cigarette. Because, yeah. All right. Edgy. Edgy. <laughs> I mean, he is trying to give up smoking when uh, you're in the route. Um, one thing that is different about this, and it's at least done in a way that's not as egregious and terrible as Love Letter from Thief X. Oh, boy. Um, but they all want a bone in this. All of them. Um, which... I don't remember how old the guys in that one are, but the guys in this one are older too. Like, um, Shirashi's 29, Yadagi's 28, uh, I think Taku's 26. No, Kei's 26, Taku's 24. Uh, Inamoto is 23. I think that's all of them. So, they're all like grown adult men. But they all want to bone you. Um, but it's not done as, like, explicitly and in your <laughs> face. So I wasn't as, like, blushing and uncomfortable about the whole scenario. Like, there were a few moments I was like, whoa, that's a little steamy. Oh, my goodness. Um, like, there was there was one short story afterwards that somebody explicitly said, like, something about being horny. And I'm like, whoa! You can't use that word! But they did. They used that word. Um... So yeah, they each have like uh, a post story, which is what you're you're going through here. Kind of what um, you'd expect from one of these kind of games. Yeah, totally. Um, like, Kay's is Kay has gone back to the special police, and he's trying to figure out how to balance his role as special police. That like he has to essentially throw himself like on the line for anybody he's protecting, but also like. He he's in love with Ichiga, so he doesn't want to, like, I don't know, die. Um, but he also doesn't know, like, hey, if there's a situation where she's there and there's also somebody I got to protect, like, what do I do? Like, my training says that I do whatever I do to protect the person, but, like, she's standing right there. What if she's in trouble? What do I do? Uh, so it's a lot of him struggling with this, and... Um, at one point, he just, like, royally bones it up. Because, um, you know, of course the situation comes up where it's like, hey, do you protect the thing or do you protect her? Like, of course that would come up. 
Um, and he does his job, and she's fine, and he's proud of himself. And he, like, kisses you out on a balcony and dedicates himself to you. It's really cute. Um, and so main character is, I think, making dinner for him or something. And she's like, hey, how about we get married? <laughs> and he's like, oh, um, I haven't ever thought about that. She's like, oh, okay, well, never mind then. It's <laughs> fine. I'm going to go to bed now. Goodbye. And then they don't talk to each other for like a week. Um, and basically, Kay ends up getting like kicked in the ass by two people like Yoshinari, who is easily the best boy. Easily. He needs his own route. He got like a mini route in this one, which was great. But like, Yoshinari's great. Um, and he like beats the crap out of Kay. And then um, IG also takes him to a bar, like, yo. What are you doing? You're an idiot. And he's like, yep, sure am. I'm an idiot. And, you know, he's trying to, like, talk it out and figure out what's going on. And uh, Kay's like, you know, it's a long story what's going on with me. And uh, I just like, yep, I checked. You're off tomorrow. Keep talking. We're good. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it was a whole thing. Um, and eventually they decide, hey. We can get married. Yay. Yay. Uh, so he, he, he gets better. He gets a lot better. Um, he was one of my favorites in the original because he's, he's pretty soft and kind of ridiculous. He's like one of the goofy dudes, um, even though he's also got like somewhat suicidal tendencies in terms of like throwing himself into situations. Not ideal. Um, which... Also, should I mention, the voice cast on this is unreal. I didn't realize it the first time I was playing this game, but I was looking at the fan just, like, voice actor list. I was like, holy crap. Like, their entire budget went to that. <laughs> Guaranteed. It's insane. The voice cast is incredible. Um, My issue with his is that, like, it's kind of the same stuff they were dealing with in the last game. Mm -hmm. They were having that same struggle of like, well, who do I protect and all that. Like, they they had that conversation already, so they're having it again. It's kind of weird. Um, but he was super hot. That was cool. So um, then I moved to Takaru's, and he is the Sundari, and he sucks. He sucks so bad. He's so mean. Um, he's... He is what they call the seaweed head. Um, and he is very sensitive about his height, which, like, I get that. Because I think he's, like, 5'6 or something. Anyway, um, he decided to go back and be a cop. Boo. Boo. So he's working at the cybercrime division again. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so they've been working a lot, and they don't get to see each, each other as much. So main character and Takaru decide like, okay, well, let's do like a two-week trial of like, I'm going to move in with you. And so she moves in with him. And they're going to see how they get along with each other. And they get along and they bone a lot. Like a lot, a lot. There are multiple times that he's like, I'm not letting you sleep tonight. She's like, God, I have work in the morning, please. <laughs> um, 
and so it's a whole lot of them like figuring out how to live together and mm. uh it's it's pretty fan servicey at moments but uh you do actually get to learn more about him as a person like you he takes you to New York and um he He's like I'm walking in <laughs> Well, I mean his backstory is that he lived uh, abroad for a good portion of his life. Forget about it. Um and his mom died in uh due to gun violence. And so he takes you to his mom's grave in New York and I'm grieving here. <laughs> and then like they get engaged like next to his mom's grave. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and he's like, we really picked a wrong venue for this. I'm like, you think? <laughs> Romance. Romance. Um, it's so weird though. Like, uh, there's also this strange moment where like this man comes up to you and starts speaking English, but like, it's it's very obviously like a Japanese man speaking English. Yeah. But they're trying to make it so that it's like, I am a fluent English speaker yeah. talking to you. Um, but he scared me. And I, t I texted you this because I was like playing through it, playing through it. And there's like no vocalization. And he's like, hey. And I'm like, whoa. I did not expect you, sir. <laughs> it's alarming. Was that man's English better or worse than Okabe's and Steins Gate? It was better. How dare you? <laughs> he tells you he's a cool mad scientist and then goes, son of a He sure does. What's cooler than that? I mean, this guy was actually saying things that were important to the conversation. What do you mean? <laughs> How dare you? Um, The funny thing about this route, besides the fact that they got freaking engaged at a... At a um a grave. A grave. Um is that there's like this wild part where they're just like going on about like gun culture in America. Huh. And and I was like, whoa, like did not expect this kind of commentary here. And he was basically saying like that part of the reason why he left the the United States after his mom died is that he just was not capable of living in a culture that was like so obsessed with guns man same i know right <laughs> and he's like you know my mom died because of this and i really needed to live somewhere that did not have that kind of violence and so that's why i moved back to japan um but then you know everything with x day happened and everyone was issued a gun and it all just became a nightmare to me again and so like he's explaining to you like this entire thing i'm like this is like some intense commentary about gun culture in america and like they're they're talking about like what do americans consider justice and like a lot of them consider having a gun in hand justice and I'm like this is hitting way too close to home no kidding right now. this is hitting way too close to home and like i was not expecting this kind of like intense commentary one in an atome and two from the sundari character <laughs> yeah maybe this guy's just cursed by guns and they just follow him everywhere you know what it's possible i mean um, the evidence seems is showing that it's very likely yeah you also find out that he like doesn't get along with his dad which is fine but like they have like two sentences about it <laughs> <laughs> i don't get along with my dad why i just don't anyways 
Well, like they're in in the cemetery, you know, doing their whole proposal thing, and then his phone rings, and she's like, "Shouldn't you answer that?" He's like, "No, I'm busy." And she's like, "No, you should probably answer that." He's like, "Oh, it's my dad," and he answers it. He's like, "Yeah, uh huh, I'm at mom's grave. Okay, bye." And she's like, "Well, was that your dad?" And he's like, "Yeah, he's in Texas. He'll probably hunt me down later." And I'm like, "Yeehaw!" Can you explain to me why you think he's going to hunt you down? And no, he doesn't explain that. He's just in Texas. Somehow knew you were back in New York so he could call you. I don't know. It was, it was weird. Anyway, um, believe it or not, uh, he still sucks, but I did like him better coming out of this than I did going into it. Shocking. Shocking. Also, he likes sweets and he likes donuts. And he was sharing his donuts at one point. And honestly, like any man who's willing to share the donuts is a good man. <laughs> Man, donuts sound all right. I want donuts so bad. Sound pretty good. Real good. Um, and then I went to Shirashi, and he was in prison because he's part of the terrorist group. Is this the one where like the dude is just in prison for like most of the route? Three chapters out of four, he's in prison. <laughs> Oh, I can't wait to play this route. Oh, 75% of it, I don't get to see him? Cool. Yeah, and it's just like, he's in a prison cell, and one of the Adonis prisoners, who is the guy for the prologue, escaped and was like, all right, I need you guys to free him, or else I'm going to kill everybody related to him. Okay, so this is a, uh, a thing we, we are currently playing. Is this prison escape better or worse than the one we are currently in the middle of? I mean, we don't know the details of how he escaped. We don't know if he had to go back and forth between stay and leaving. <laughs> Just keep climbing through the toilet. Um, no, we don't know, unfortunately. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's so weird. Like, you would think they would find some way for him to, like, be out of his cell or, like, for her to come into the cell or something for them to communicate. But, no, like... 75% of this, he's just in prison. And she's just like, ah, I sure do miss him. Oh. And then, like, somebody, like a politician who associated with him once, just like brutally gets murdered. And they're like, oh, hey, we should probably take this guy seriously. He's really going to kill anybody who's involved with this, this, this guy. So, what do we do? And uh, the answer is, oh, hey, we're going to employ him to help solve this case. He's a profiler. That's what he does. Um, so essentially they like talk a little bit how he was uh, brainwashing Adonis and how like uh, Ray, I think was the guy's name, uh, gave him a pair of shoes because he expected a lot of him. And then uh, the the dude who escaped was like, you got two pairs of shoes and that's not fair. And that means that he loved you more than any of us. And he's like, no, I only got one pair of shoes. I don't know what you're talking about. I, I, I kept them. I still have the shoes, but I only got one pair of shoes. And um, then it becomes a thing at some point that like he calls an IG and IG's like, oh, yeah, he sent me the second pair of shoes. I've been holding on to them for you. And it says, like, when he feels like he can walk on his own two feet, give him these shoes. I'm like, what is this? This man's 29. Can't he buy his own shoes? 
<laughs> it's so weird. Um, they get to go to uh, an amusement park because of terrorist threats to the amusement park. And they get to smooch on like a Ferris wheel. And then she ends up getting locked in the cell with him at one point, and she makes rice balls with him. What? He makes a giant rice ball and gives it to her, and she's like, this is very huge, but thank you. I can see you put all of your heart into making this for me. <laughs> That's how that works. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, eventually, like, they're able to undo his evil schemes and take the other guy in, and um, the epilogue for the best end of this is that uh, he, he is out on some form of like probation and he has to go work with the orphans that um, were involved with Adonis or X-Day or anything and has to like go read for them and go like do their laundry and stuff like that. And uh, they end up getting engaged in the sheets. It's like the least romantic route of all time. <laughs> Well, he's gone for three quarters of it. I know. That's what I'm saying is it's super unromantic. I was like, well, this is boring. All right. Fine, I guess. Um, do you remember um, Inamoto's uh, gimmick? No. Okay. So he's obsessed with like samurai and... Um... Shoot. Why am I blanking on the name? Uh, the name of the sword in uh, Chrono Trigger. The frog sword. No. <laughs> the sword that frog has. I always say it wrong. Uh, like Masa. Oh, like the Masamune. Yeah, Masamune. Uh, Date Masamune is his name. Yes, there we go. Uh, he's obsessed with him, and so in the first game, he wore like an eye patch over his right eye the whole time um and like makes a bunch of like samurai references and all he has grown up a bit in this one he stopped wearing the eye patch i thought you were gonna um, tell me he now wears the eye patch on the other eye <laughs> he does not um he has unfortunately uh been rehired in the field ops department so he is a cop again Boo. uh there is only one person in this entire game who does not go back to being a cop and i'm like that's why you're best boy that's why uh so yeah they they work in the same building now so like let's eat together this is fun everybody's like oh my god these guys these guys <laughs> uh so he he moved out from the detective agency and he has an apartment that's next to hoshino's so he can visit her and the little brother which they end up getting, like, this weird bromance. So, like, him and the little brother, like, hit it off and become super good friends. And I'm like, all right, I guess. Fine. Um, there is a subplot in this one where he is working with his partner. And I forget his partner. It's Satake, I think his name is. Uh, anyway. He's working with his partner, and they find this girl who, um, like, there was a, an anonymous phone call made to the police of, like, she's going to be judged by Adonis. And they find her, and there's a knife, and her legs are all cut up, but, like, there's nothing around her, and they haven't seen anybody. And so Inamoto's like, I'm going to take you to the hospital. This is a little weird. And she ends up, like, kind of, like, attaching herself to him and wants him to keep talking to her. And, um... 
while trying to solve this case, he eventually figures out like, oh, it was her. She did it to herself. She was trying to judge herself so that like everybody would leave her alone, stop bullying her at school and da 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 da. Um so that's like what drives this, but it's really not all that important actually. It's really just a whole lot of him like figuring out how to be a cop again and also how to be in a relationship since it's his first relationship. Um, we also learned that he has no idea how bras work. <laughs> that there is a specific part where he is just like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Uh, which is really funny. Um, they they actually like go into some detail about them in their first time. Just it's like, whoa. Weird. All right. Yeah. Um, he ends up leaving her at his apartment at one point because he gets a phone call that's like emergency he has to go. And when he comes back, he's like, oh, hey, I came back. And she's like, oh, you know, I'm feeling things. And um, he's like, oh, no, is it because I left you by yourself? Is it? All right. Well, you know, I got to do the honorable thing. I, I got I to gotta commit suicide now. I got to find what? my sword. <laughs> Whoa. You are taking this way too seriously. You just left her overnight. That's it's okay. It's okay. Um, but again, his obsession with samurai. He's like, well, time to just cut out my own guts. I guess it was weird. Um, get to see his hair down for the first time, which was wild. It's pretty cool, actually. Um, and seeing him without the eye patch, I was like, all right, he's, he's, he's growing up. He all has right, two eyes. His two eyes. I mean, even if he only had one eye, like, it's, it's fine. But, like, knowing that he had two eyes and that he purposely wore the eye patch is kind of weird. Um, but he's a genuinely nice dude, so, like, I didn't hate his route. I'm like, he's, he's pretty cool, other than the whole, like, cop thing. And then I saved the best for last. Saiji. Um, he's like the the poster boy of the, the game. He's like the canon route, technically. Um, so he has now decided that the detective agency that he was running as like a... Um, I guess a cover for what he was actually doing trying to investigate the x-day cases uh he's just like all right cool i guess i'm just gonna keep running this then as like a real job i'm just gonna become a private eye all right um and so everybody else ends up living alone in the office and they visit a lot so that they can like make dinner together and also make out a lot <laughs> um and other things um his giant hands there's a scene like a CG that they have where like they're laying in bed together after they've had their, their bone zone moment. And um, he's got his hands on her like shoulder. And then his other hand is nearby and he's just got massive hands. And I'm like, buddy, you downsize those. You're going to have a real hard time buying gloves. It's awful. Um, But the, just of his story is that his older brother shows up and is like, hey, you got to stop doing this whole private eye thing and you got to go back and be a cop. Um, he's like, I'll, I'll do whatever I have to do to make you do this. 
uh, which turns out that like his older brother is trying to get a promotion. And um, as long as IG was working with the police department, his criminal record as a juvenile was sealed. And um, he has a juvenile record because he murdered a man. Well, he murdered. He he beat the man until he was paralyzed, and the guy's been a vegetable for twelve years. Uh, he he beat the guy because uh, dude was trying to abduct a nine-year-old main character, and he could not allow that to happen. So um, anyway, he had a criminal record, and he ended up getting into like a police training pipeline type thing that uh, would seal the record as long as he became a cop. Which seems shady for one, but two would never happen. Um, but he does not want to go back to being a cop. And uh, older brother is like, you know, people are going to investigate me. They're going to investigate my family. They're going to learn about this. It's going to be a big scandal. I'm not going to get the job promotion. It's just going to be a nightmare. So go back and be a cop. And he's like, huh. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think that's what I'm going to do. Nah. Um, we get to find out a lot about his uh, his delinquent days, how he used to have a motorcycle, but, you know, if you respect your motorcycle, you have to obey traffic laws. <laughs> yeah, that's how that works. I mean, that's what it said. You saw it. You saw it. I did. Super funny. <laughs> um, And so the older brother has been like, investigating the main character and sending like weird creepy phone calls to the police department about her and also has been spreading rumors about the detective agency to try and like ruin his brother's reputation and all kinds of shady stuff and so ig at one point is just like you know what two can play this game man and so he just starts investigating like all the shady stuff that the business has been doing that his brother works for is like so Here's this folder of all this really terrible stuff you guys have been doing. So, I could reveal all this. Or you could just, you know, back off. That'd be cool. Uh, so they kind of have, like, an understanding. Um, and then they... The older brother ends up, like, asking uh, Hoshino to come to a cafe and talk to him a bit. And... Choo-choo. Uh, they have a conversation about, like, who Aiji has become, and he's like, you know, you you might actually be pretty good for him, and so he gives him a call and is basically like, hey, I need you to come to this cafe because you're not gonna like what happens to her if you don't. And so Aiji comes running into the cafe and is like, what are you gonna do to her? Like, yelling and flipping tables and stuff, and he's like, yo, I was just gonna tell you it's all alright. I like her. It's fine. So they have to, like, apologize Fire cafe because he's like screaming and throwing <laughs> uh, which to be fair that was a very leading and terrible phone call to make <laughs> um but then after that they're all good and like he gets to see pictures of his niece and he's in love with her and uh at one point in the story like they go and visit the family and um so he gets to meet his niece and you see one of the little art pieces is that he's trying to draw a picture for her. He's like, yeah, I heard it was a good thing to like draw pictures for children. And so I tried to draw this and 
She's like, yeah, um, you're not very good. So let me help you try to get better at this before she can actually figure out what these are. Because this is kind of scary. It's like this weird princess and crayon drawing. Um, and then you get married. Like, that's that's the best ending for him. Is He's the only one that actually you get the, the CG of getting married. Um... Yeah, there's there's a lot of boning in that one. Uh, there's like this whole side plot of like she asks Inamoto like, "What what a guy's like?" Boning. What what a guy's like, and he's like, "Oh, you know, you could try this, 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 and this. Oh, no, those don't work." Okay, so here's what you should do: you should actually just show up in his shirt, just show up in a shirt and nothing else. He'll love it. And so, like, that comes up very early in the very, like, last part of it is that she's uh, taking a bath at his house. And then she's like, oh, man, I don't have any clothes. I'm just going to put on his sh and then come out. And he's like, oh, are you seducing me? Oh. <laughs> um, so she's like, oh, Inamoto was right. He's like, what are you talking about him with? <laughs> like, what is this about? Uh, this is great. Um. There's a lot of comedy in some of these routes, and then, you know, there's also one where they're just in prison forever. Um, the, the peak of comedy. Yeah. Uh, there is some cute side stories. One of them is um, Kazuki Hoshino, who is her little brother. Uh, you get to learn about him meet, meeting uh, Akito, who is one of the uh, X-Day enforcers, uh, and how he also got to meet... Uh, uh, what's his name? Ishiki? Ishiki, I think is his name. Chota Aoi's character. Um, the one with the bats. Aha, Batman. Batman! Um, and so this is not a romance route. It's just like, hey, this is how they got to be friends. This is how he got to meet Ishiki. And this is how Ishiki decided that he would join his band. So it was, it was cute. Um, you know, kind of sad because Akito ends up like, you know, in prison. But... You know, uh, the other two are more romantically focused. Um, one is Minigishi, who is like the uh, basically he's in charge of all the cops. I don't know, commissioner is that the right word? That sounds like a police chief. One of no, those. No, I, I think he's commissioner. Uh, anyway, he's like dropping by the the police department and becomes like interested in her. And says some real weird stuff and then eventually like asks her out on a couple dates. And like she gives him chocolate at one point. He's like, is this friendship chocolate? Because it's Valentine's Day. And they end up having this whole conversation of like, well, did you make this specially for me? She's like, yes, I realize you don't like sweet, so I made it bittersweet. And he's like, oh, so it's not friendship chocolate. I'm like, you are way too old for her. You need to back <laughs> off. Stop being a weirdo. It's so weird, and like he takes her to this really fancy restaurant that she's very clearly uncomfortable being in. She's also very uncomfortable that like this is her ultimate boss, and he's like, "No, oh, I kind of have a thing for you. You're pretty, pretty cool. I like you." Um, so yeah, it was, it was trying, but I didn't like it. Um, but the one I did like is we finally got a mini Yoshinari one. Yeah. Um, so I mentioned earlier, Yoshinari is, um, Kay's, like, underling, 
It's his partner, but his like under partner. I don't know what that's under partner. Yeah, I don't know what this is called. It's like his his um subordinate. Sure. That's probably that's a better word than under partner. Um, so he's in special police as well, and he is also tasked with protecting uh the detective agency and Hoshino. And so this story is really him like becoming close with Hoshino and um Kazuki, her little brother, and trying to figure out like how to fix their relationship um, because they don't get along for a good portion of the original game. And so he realizes like, hey, you know, they don't actually dislike each other. They're just not good at communicating with each other. And so he sets it up so that like Kazuki gives him two tickets to paradise. I was literally about to say that uh, to uh, his show, his first show with Ishiki's band. And um, Ichika's like, I don't really like music, but like, yeah, sure, I'll go with you. And then uh, ends up like crying and loving it. And, you know, it's her brother. And uh, then a guy tries to shoot them. And Yoshinari has kind of the same issue as um, as Kay. That he's like, hey, you know, if worse comes to worse, what I do, like, you know, I was hesitating there because I really care about her. Oh, by the way, I think I'm in love with her. Um, but also, like, I needed to take that guy down so they didn't kill anybody. You know, I, I'm I'm letting this get to my head. I'm letting it get to my job. I have to step away from this. I can't have feelings for her. So he just really, like, gets them to get along with each other and then, like, steps back. And uh, so then you get later in December and he's standing outside her apartment um, doing his job and, like, freezing his butt off, which I showed you the art that they do for that. Sim just bouncing mm-hmm. up and down. Uh and um, she walks up and is like, oh, hey, you look cold. I got you a scarf. I had to, like, make sure that I got the right material and the right color. And he's like, oh, this is this is nice. Also, I'm in love with you. <laughs> um, and so he kind of, like, admits everything. Like, I have feelings for you. You know, this is kind of a bad situation. And, um, you know, I hope that maybe eventually we'll go on a date. That would be really, really cool. And then Kay shows up and is like, so... Are you uh are you trying to ask out your your uh your target on on a date? Is that what's happening here? It like takes the scarf away from him and like starts trying to beat him up. <laughs> um but yeah, it ends up being a whole thing of like you know, eventually they're going to go on a date. Um and I really liked this one. It was super cute. Yoshinari's a really cool guy. Apparently he was in a gang and no one bothered to mention that until like this game and at one point i showed you like it's like oh yeah he was in a in a gang and you know due to his privacy we can't tell you more about it i'm like no i need to know more about this i really need to know more about this this is this is crazy um apparently he was like the second in a gang and like drop kicked people constantly or something i don't <laughs> that's know that's how that works that's that's what, I, that's what i've learned um the last story i did not do i did part of it until i realized what it was and i was just like nope I'm not interested, but uh, it's the Adonis story. And essentially, yeah, that's Max. Um, Essentially what this is, is that um, it follows the bad ending of uh, IG's route that like literally everybody but Takaru's dead. Like her brother's dead. All the love interests other than Takaru, they're all dead. Real bad. 
Um, and so she joins Adonis and ends up coming up with the idea of like, oh, I'm just going to like lay low for a couple years and they're going to take out zero. Um, not on a date, like murder him. And so you have to like get to know some of the enforcers and uh, eventually there are two routes in this and one of them is like you get to date the guy um, who is your former coworker in the police department or murder-suicide. And I was just like, you know what? This is just, no, none of this is interesting to me. I don't like this whole like super dark edgy stuff. I don't like the idea that like everybody I've actually cared about in this game that like you made me care about is dead. Like I don't, I don't know. I'm good. So I just quit. Yep. <laughs> I didn't finish it. You know, I didn't finish it because I was talking to you uh -huh. when I started it. I'm just like, no, I, this is not what I came here for. So I was done. Um, as for like side content, it's got like, side section for each of the guys where you get to like have a texting session with them um there's a short story with each of them a lot of times it involves boning uh and then there's also like a voice recorder with them where like the main character is asking questions about them like you know what's your favorite thing what could you not do without like what are your goals for the future that kind of stuff um and then the album so you can see all the cgs you unlock a special cg if you get all the cgs and that's really it. Um, like I said, I didn't finish it because that one route seemed stupid. And not stupid in the sense of like, I, I just, I'm not into that. Yeah. But yeah, I played Color Cross Mouse Unlimited. Is that what it's called? Unlimited? I think it's what it's You called. would know more than I would. <laughs> I think that's what it's called. I said it earlier and then I'm like, is that what it's actually called? <laughs> Unlimited, yes. It is called Unlimited. Um, I'm, I probably missed lots of details because, like, it's a long game. But anyway, that's the gist. Uh, IG is still best boy because he is not a cop. Um, that being said, give me a full Yoshinari route, guys, you cowards. Because he is great. Um, if they make another fan disc, I expect that. And if they don't give me that, I'm going to riot. Um... <laughs> I also think it's really nice that IG is trying to stop smoking for the main character because that's a good thing. That's like his only negative at all is that he smokes. Otherwise, he's like perfect. <laughs> he like cooks. He's got like a, a cute gentle side. Like he's got the whole thing where he like goes on a date with you and drinks like out of a heart-shaped straw and stuff. It's like, oh, it's so cute. Um, this is the one part where he's like, a woman dreams of getting a duplicate key oh like he, yeah. he's he's adorable anyway but he he smokes and so i'm glad that he's trying to stop and even somebody says to him in his route like you know women don't like that right like, yeah they don't i'm being the bad boy <laughs> i mean he was a delinquent and uh like her little brother at one point asked him like so, um, did you, like, dye your hair blonde and, like, have a baseball bat and ride a motorcycle? And he's like, well, I did ride a motorcycle, but I always went the speed limit. <laughs> he's like, well, why did you get the motorcycle you got? And he's like, because it looked cool. Why else would you get it? <laughs> so, that was kind of funny. Um, anyway, that's it. 
I played the game. I got more Tomei. Well. Are you ready? Now that we're done with that, it's time for what everyone's been waiting for. Da -da -da. It's time once again to bring up the list. Yep. The list known as Al's official ranking of the Tomei. Mm-hmm. Time to update the list. 17 entries are already <laughs> on the board. We will soon have an 18th. I can't believe I've played so much Tomei. So let's find out where Caller Cross Malice may be unlimited. unlimited. Who knows? You can call it whatever you want. We'll rank here on the official ranking of Adome. Al, mm -hmm. is the Caller Cross Malice fan disc better or worse than the KFC dating sim? It is better oh, than. I'm, I'm shocked. Is it better or worse than Amnesia? It is better than. Okay. Is it better or worse than Hakuoki Kyoto Wins? Uh, it is better. Is it better or worse than Love Letter from Thief X? Better. Is it better or worse than Psychedelica of the Ashen Hawk? Better. Is it better or worse than Hot to Full Boyfriend Holiday Star? Better. Is it better or worse than Bad Apple Wars? Better. Is it better or worse than Period Cube? Better. So this is a this is making it a top ten game. Mm-hmm. So let's break into that top ten. Better or worse than a psychedelica of the black butterfly? Better. Better or worse than a Mystic Messenger? It does not beat Mystic Messenger. Oh, It does have little, like, <laughs> duh. All right. So coming in at number nine on Al. Oh, God. Oh, God. Al's <laughs> official <laughs> ranking of the Tome is Call Across Malice dash unlimited dash. <laughs> so now we are at 18 games on the list. Wow. At some point we will be adding more to these this list because there will be more Tome games coming out most likely. Yeah, I've got two pre-ordered right now, and I'm really hoping um, for some other ones. I've read that like there's some that are Japan only that are getting like re-releases on Switch, and I'm hoping that they will be brought over as well because hmm. they look interesting. Um, but we'll see. But I do have two for sure that are coming. Right, uh, Al. I have one more question for you. Okay. It's time once again to address a address a live game that is on this list. Uh oh. What's up with Mr. Love? Yo, so we have the mini house now, and Victor keeps dropping me some silver every once in a while, and I'm like, you're only dropping five silver at a time. Like, you're rich. Come on. Um, so the mini house is there now, and... Um, you showed me the main menu, or the, the, the home screen for this game, and it's just a mess. It's a huge mess. There's so like much how, going on. How would a new player come to this game and be like, oh yeah, I know everything I need to do in this game? I, you wouldn't. There's no way. I mean, it's just chaotic. It's so chaotic. Um, like, I can't even do everything I'm supposed to do every day on it because I'm just like, I don't have enough time and I'm like a grown woman uh, with a job. 
so like it takes forever for me to actually do what I need to do in it but at the same time just like like I got a new card of Victor yesterday yeah and he was so soft in it and I'm like oh you're usually so soon daring you're being real soft and like encouraging and like saying I'm doing a good job and I just really appreciate that um it's just like pool table card <laughs> Um, yeah, it, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know how people would even get into this. Like, there's a, a paid Shaw card right now that I'm like, nope, not doing that. Not, I'm just gonna live without an SSR Shaw, I guess. Um, but they just keep adding more stuff, and I'm like, eventually, this entire home screen just gotta be icons, it's gonna be buttons to press. Yeah, I'm just gonna be like, I don't, I can't, I can't. Like, this is my sanity. And, like, the mini house wants me to, like, gift him, gift him things. But, like, some things he doesn't like and he gets mad at you if you give it to him. But it changes every day. So, like, sometimes you can just make him mad accidentally by giving him this game yesterday. Cool. Um, it also glitches in hilarious ways that, like, you can there's a button where you can have you both sit on the couch but if you press the button um he will actually go and sit on the couch normally but the main character just like sits floating in front of it and she just like you know what i can't sit on this fancy couch it's too expensive i just have to float i'll hover in front of it um or like one of my friends who plays it uh had a situation where like she was asleep on the the Shiba Inu couch and he just like came in and sat on her. <laughs> no, th no that's, that's a feature, not a bug. <laughs> I think you're right knowing Victor. Uh, but he like, you know, we'll get on that couch sometimes and take off his shoes and start reading. But he just sat on her while she was sleeping. <laughs> but you have to like do housework and stuff to unlock furniture. I'm like, he he should be the one paying for this furniture. He's rich. I'm not. I am poor. But he's giving you five silver. Five silver. It costs like, I think it's like six grand to get this grandfather clock I'm adding up for right now. Hold on. I'll tell you. No, network reconnecting. How much is this grandfather clock? Oh. Ooh, six silver. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> 4,200 silver for this grandfather clock. That's a lot. And then if I want to get this bookcase up here, that is 6,250 silver. He gives me five at a time. Otherwise, I have to do housework in order to unlock it. Well, with all that being said. Capitalists. Does Mr. Love move at all on this list today? No, I can say where it is. Okay. I still like it, even though, like, Sometimes it's inferior. Well, I didn't know if it like, was going to move up or not. Oh, no, no. It's going to stay where it is at the moment. Okay. Um, unless they keep giving me soft Victor and then, you know, maybe it'll go up. Well, that's all I got to ask about the ranking of Otome then. I can't wait for us to talk about the anime, though. Cannot wait. It will be an experience. <laughs> but that's going to that's gonna do it for this episode then. Yep, yep. So if you'd like more from us, go to SeasonLanguageCheckup.com or SAC.cool where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like Season Language Checkup and Season Language uh, No, Season Language Checkup, Jared Now Watch. 
You also find columns and reviews on the site as well. If you'd like more from Anladium, go to anladium.com. She's got columns and reviews. And you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash anime checkup. And you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash S-A-C-O-B-A. Buy us a slice of pizza. Get access to unedited versions of the podcast, bonus episodes, all that fun stuff. Yay. Next week, we'll probably talk about some co-op games we've played, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Depending probably. on how long this takes us to get through one. <laughs> talk about that. Who knows? Maybe we'll talk about Michael Jordan. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> 